Boker Tov. A special thank you to the anonymous sponsor of today's breakfast for sponsoring breakfast on the shear. Uh, welcome to the young Bachrim from TTB joining us today. It's just to have you all with us. Welcome to Reb Gilad and his good friend David. Nice to have you together with us. Today we begin a journey in Mirz Hashem of many years going through the Mishnah Brura. We'll be starting this evening with the Dirshu program, and today we'll serve as a form of introduction to the Mishnah Brura and go through some of the Klalim together, how to derive Halacha Lamaisa from the Mishnah Brura. We'll jump into the Hagdama of the Shulchan Aruch itself from Yosef Karo. He tells us that I found it appropriate to be malakate, to gather together in a very clear, user-friendly, concise Loshan. All of my psakim from the Beis Yosef, right? The Beis Yosef was the magnum opus of Rabbi Yosef Karo that he worked on for about 20 years and then another 12 years of editing and being medayik and sifting through carefully. However, we know the Beis Yosef is a massive work on the tour, so he felt it would be appropriate to be makatzer and quote over the halacha lemaisa, l'man tiyatars Hashem tamima shaguru b'fi kol ish Yisrael. So everyone should have access and have a, a mastery of halacha. Ki kasher yishol l'talmud chacham dover halacha, lo yegam geim ba ele yomer l'chachma chosiyat. This is from the Gemara Kedushin, that when someone is asked a question, they should have a clarity and a mastery to the point where they don't have to stumble thinking about the halacha, but rather it'll be right there on the tip of their tongue. Just like one understands the Isser of Erva regarding his sister, it's so clear, it's so poshid, that should be the level of mastery we have when it comes to halacha. So how did I organize the Shulchan Aruch, right, the Beis Yosef? I divided the Shulchan Aruch into Shloshim Chalakim, to 30 parts. In order to go through the entire Shulchan Aruch every month, and you could chazer it that way. It was pocket-sized, by the way. Oh. And that's why the majority of us go through the entirety of the Shulchan Aruch every month. But that was the intent of the Beis Yosef in writing the Shulchan Aruch. And he says, not only is my goal to make this helpful for Talmud HaChachamim, but to make it even um, accessible for, for the youth. That children should grow up going through the Shulchan Aruch every month. Paraphrasing from the Pasuk in Mishle, to have such a kinyan on this information that even as they get older, it's part and parcel of who they are. I call this Sefer Shulchan Aruch. Why is it called the set table? Because that's exactly what you'll find in my Sefer. 
Everything is going to be set up and organized beautifully in front of you with uh, delicacies to partake of. He never said that. Never said that. No, his point is as a chazara for the base Yosef. If you were to ask for Yosef Karo, should I just learn your Shulchan Aruch and that could be my, my only uh, delving into Torah Shabbat He would call you a kofer. He would say, no, 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 you totally misunderstood me. My goal is that Klal Yisrael should be osik in the base Yosef. In the base Yosef, I bring in all the different Gemaras and the Shitas of the Rishonim and others until his time of the 1500s. You have to learn the base Yosef, otherwise you won't understand the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch is a way to hazard the base Yosef. He concludes, My goal here is to spread the knowledge of God throughout the world through the creation of the Shulchan Aruch. Now we have the Hagdama of the Ramah, Rav Moshe Israelis. And we see this both in the the Hagdama he has to the Shulchan Aruch and the Hagdama he has to the Darche Moshe that he writes in the tour. He has the utmost reverence and respect for Yosef Karo. He refers to him as the Mofes Hador, as the Godel Hador. He writes, However, although the Beis Yosef does a, a job that is incredible, and the Shulchan Aruch as well, but because of his derech of Psak, the methodology of Psak of the Beis Yosef, which we've discussed a few times in the past, it comes out that many of the halachos and the minhagim are not like we do here in Ashkenaz. Because the derech of the Machaber was to go like the sheet of the Rif and the Rambam, even though many were the majority of Achronim, which really he means that we would call them Rishonim, right? Would be arguing on them. So it comes out that according to the Beis Yosef and the Shulchan Aruch, many of the halachas in the Minhagim are not like our Minhagim because we follow the Rov Rishonim, the Rashba, the Hagos Ashri, Mordechai, the Smag, the Smak, and others. And therefore... Just like I had a need to write the Darche Moshe on the tour, I have that same need to write the, the Mapa, which we'll see in a second why he calls it the Mapa, on the Shulchan Aruch. Ani Reisi, kol Aruch, mipi Moshe mipi I've seen the entirety of the Shulchan Aruch, and it's mamish like HaKadosh Baruch Hu is speaking to us through the Beis Yosef. Because it's so clear and it's so concise, people will come out with a different halacha than we're knowing here in Ashkenaz. And therefore, I wanted to make my haga on the Shulchan Aruch. I wanted to write next to the Shulchan Aruch the shita of the other achronim, what that shita is in quoting where it's found. So the people learning this will know where there's a machlokis between 
the accepted customs of the Svardi world versus the accepted Midhagim of the Ashkenazi world. And any place where I know, through my Chakira, my, my exploration, that the Minig here is not like the Beis Yosef, like the Shulchan Aruch writes, I will write in my Hagah, This is how we are knowing, we Ashkenazim. So this is an amazing, right, historical moment in Klal Yisrael where you have t- two Gedolei Olam coming together where the Ramah choosing not to write his own Sefer but rather to join B'yachad with the Shulchan Aruch creating what we have today, the Machaber and the Ramah. So that was in the 1500s. Now we jump to the Hagdam of the Mishnah Bura, page 2. When the Ramah came out, was it, the second thing is always on the Shulchan Aruch, was always printed together with the Shulchan Aruch. So that's a good question. That's a good question. Even from the very beginning, his point was to have it on the Shulchan Aruch and not to be a separate Sefer Bedavka. No, his whole point, that's why he calls himself the Mapa, Mapa meaning tablecloth. I'm only here to be the tablecloth in the Shulchan Aruch. But it took 11 versions of the Shulchan Aruch that there were going to be at. We're actually going to see tonight in Mitzvah when we start the first Sif in Simon Aleph. There is something very strange there. It says Hagah. Right? There's one line of the Mechaber. It says Hagah with a few words. And then Hagah again. So for years I was bothered by that. Right? What exactly is Pshat? Usually it just says Hagah and then everything follows in the Ramah. So the way I was able to actually find the source of that was tracking down the earliest printing we have of the Ramah. And I'll share that this evening, Yemir Tashem, but that explains why it says Haggad twice. Let's jump to the Mishnah Baruch. I look around the world, this is after he speaks about the importance of learning Halacha Lemaisa. He quotes the famous Shach in Yeridei and Reish Memvav, who says that for Balabatim who only have Gimel Odalad Sha'os Biyom, Lilmo Torah, Nebuch. Malabas only has three or four hours to learn. So they should make sure not only to learn Shas, but to learn Poskim as well. They have to know Halacha Lemaisa. Okay. There's a lot to say in that Shah, but we're going to jump right in. So he says, the problem is that nowadays people are not Koveya Itim for this limit of Halacha Lemaisa. V'hainu, even those people who really have a, a rut zone to be makayim the, the halacha well, for these people you would assume it would be appropriate that before anything else they should become masters of this chalik of Torah, the chalik of halacha lemaisa, daily living. So I explored why why does this why is this the case? Why do we have people who are God fearing Jews who don't really spend time in halacha lemaisa? So I found there are two reasons. Achas like we mentioned. Learning the, the, the Shulchan Aruch itself without the base Yosef is like a closed book. 
כי הבייס יוסף, כשסידר השולחן ערך, היה דייתו שילמדו מתחילה אס עיקרי הדינים ומקוריהם בתור בייס יוסף. The Beis Yosef's intention in writing the Shulchan Aruch was only that after you learn the sources of the Halacha from the Torah and the Beis Yosef, then, to understand where the Halacha comes from, the reason behind it, afterwards you have the Shulchan Aruch to review. However, anyone who spent time trying to go through the Torah and Beis Yosef well, and you know the Beis Yosef brings in so many different opinions on every halacha. That's why he felt it necessary just to have the sikum, the conclusion of the halacha in the Shulchan Aruch. That was never his intention to only learn Shulchan Aruch. There's no way to properly understand the halacha, even though you're reading what the halacha is, mutter, asr, chayiv, pater, whatever it may be, if I don't know where it's coming from, and through knowing the reasons behind the halacha and the sources for the halacha, it doesn't just expand your appreciation of what the din is, but there are real nafkaminas that come forth from it. If you don't know the reason for the halacha, you will not know how to apply the halacha. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter used to say that a posik who only paskins from likud svarim, but not looking into the sources, this might not be so politically correct, but he said it's like the rabbits in paskining. Right? She knows the halacha because she heard it from her husband many times, but she didn't necessarily see the Gemaras and the Rishonim and the Shulchan Aruch, and therefore, if there's any application needed, right, likely she doesn't have the tools to apply it. So too, if we're paskening from Likut Svarim, yes? So these forms were written that everybody should be able to know halacha to paskin on their own, or is for fun and meaning... The concept of having a rub, and somebody who goes to that, like Shazdu, is the goal to, that we don't, we don't need a rub, and, and instead that everybody should become their own rub? No, so so no, yes and no. Yes and no. Yes, in the sense that the goal is every Jew should know halacha to the best of his or her abilities. And who, who told me this recently? There was a, the dying of bells. He was sitting with the dying of bells. Someone was asking him a question, and basically his response was, that's not a shiloh for the Rav. It's a, it's a Beferish Mishnah Baruch. <laughs> You're asking me a shiloh? Mishnah Baruch speaks about it. But the idea is that there are many questions that require more analysis, or there are different shitas, but as much as we can know by ourselves to be able to, to pass in the things that come up daily, you know, that's something we try to, uh, <coughs> try to do. It sets a baseline, and obviously, the more background a person has, the more of a tefisa you'll be able to get in the halacha and the application. But learning halacha, being kovei itim, belimud zeh, b'chol yom, that allows people to be familiar. And even if I can't know the halacha l'maysa, but I know what's a shayla, I know what's not a shayla. So you know when to ask. It to you know when to ask, exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
Okay, that's the first reason why the Chafetz Chaim feels people are not learning halacha, because ultimately it was overwhelming. Because the Beis Yosef is so extensive, and the Shulchan Aruch itself, you're not really getting the, the full clarity in the halacha. Siba Shnia, Shigarim Lamad Limura Shulchan Aruch, Ledaitihu. The second reason as to why people are not learning Shulchan Aruch sufficiently. So the first reason was focused more on the fact that there's so much to learn and we don't have enough time. The second reason is more, it's just very difficult. There's so many different opinions, and how do I know how to paskin? Let's say I go and I spend the time, and I learn the Beis Yosef well, and he quotes 13 different Rishonim. What do I do with that? So that's the second reason he feels, historically or sociologically, this limit was somewhat pushed aside. From the time that the Berhetiv was printed, the Berhetiv gathers together the basic psakim of the Magan Avram and the Taz and others. Until this point of the writing of the Mishnah Bura, the first part of the Mishnah Bura, it's been about 130 years. Now we can safely say, from the time of the Berhetiv, it's been more than 230 years. We have many Gedole Olam who have their own parish on the Shulchan Aruch. So there's a need to incorporate some of the, the newer ideas and the newer Achronim. So therefore he says, I was awakened and I was strengthened to be able to to fix this, this klal, this issue in klal Yisrael. What I have accomplished here is a ber hamaspik, a sufficient explanation and commentary for the Shulchan Aruch. That you could read the Machaber, the Ramah. You'll read the Mishnah Bura. I incorporate many of the ideas and the reasons that the Beis Yosef writes, and hopefully through my Sefer, you'll have clarity in the Halacha. Okay, so that's a massive undertaking of the Chafetz Chaim, a revolution in Klal Yisrael. So the, the Chazon Ish writes in one of his letters that there was clearly a Siyat Adishmaya in the, in the work of the, the Mishnah Baruch, that it was accepted in all areas of Klal Yisrael, from the Svarti world to the Hasidish world, anywhere they're, they're serious about Psak, even if you have a Mesorah that's very, very different than the classic Ashkenazi Mesorah of Lita, anyone who's serious about Psak, there's no way to go through a Sugya without learning the Mishnah Baruch well. This was accepted as the, the Posik Basra of Klal Yisrael. That's what the Chazanish writes. So what I want to do now is just go through some of the Klalim, some of the guiding principles, how to, how to read the Mishnah Bura and how to decipher Halacha from 
what the Mishnah Berurah says, because although the goal of the Chafetz Chaim was to make everything as clear as possible, right, many of us who've been learning Mishnah Berurah for many years, we know that it's not always so simple to figure out, so what does the Chafetz Chaim want me to do? So let's go through some of the Klalim. We have Klalim and Psak in general that will apply to the Mechaber Ramah and the Mishnah Berurah. This is a photocopy of the Klalim Baharas Iser Vaheter from the Prima Gadim. Let's go through some of these Klalim together. In Aleph he says, and this we know, anytime you find in the Mechaber, Oha Rav, who's the Rav? The Ramah. Mevi'in Deya Achas Bistam, Va'achar Kach Yesh Omrim, Deya Rishon Iker. Whenever you find in the Shulchan Archa the Ramah, one opinion quoted as Stam, right? Usser to do this on Shabbos. And then you have Viyesh Omrim, that it's Mutter. Assuming both of these opinions are in the Machaber or both of these opinions are in the Ramah, clearly the Halacha is like the Stam. Because the presentation is saying this is the Iker Halacha, and Yesh Omrim, some differ. Oh, so that's the question. If you feel that Stam is the Iker Halacha, why do you quote the Yesh Omrim? What's that? It could be some, in certain situations. Is that where oh. the comes in? So, well, not yet, no. <laughs> well, we'll get the Klalim at least. So the Shach, he has also a whole uh, essay in Klalim of how to paskin at the end of Reish base of Yordaya. And he writes as follows. He says, it depends. If the Stam is Lechumra and the Yesh Omrim is Lekula, so why do you bring in a Yesh Omrim? So the Chorot to tell you that the Iker Halacha is like the Stam, that it's Aser. However, because you know the Yesh Omrim exists, then you could say, Bishasad Chak, Behefsad Merubah, if there's a real pressing need, then there's room to be Mekel, there's what to be Somecha. Now we did mention in Shalashudas a few weeks ago, we have a big debate between the Taz versus the, the Shach. Can we apply this concept even when we're, we're looking at a Deiraisa? If there's a Stam, that it's Aser, and then a Yesh Omrim, that it's Mutter, and it's relevant to a Din Torah, can you still say that B'Sha'as Chak, you're, you're allowed to rely on the Yesh Omrim, if that Yesh Omrim is only a Yesh Omrim because it's a Das Yachid, because it's a minority opinion? The Shach says, no, you can't rely on a minority opinion when we're talking about a Deraisa, and the Taz, the Bach, and the Ramah, they all seem to say, even regarding a Deraisa, you're allowed to rely on a Yesh Omrim that's a minority opinion, B'Shasad Chak. How do you define Shasad Chak or Hefsad Merubah? So there's a Pischei Tshuva in Yeradeya Lamed Aleph, where basically he says, it's subjective. Oftentimes it's subjective depending on who you are, your financial situation, circumstance. And we do find different Lashonos even within Shasad Chak. Sometimes it's Shasad Chak Godol, sometimes it's Hefsid Meruba, sometimes it's just Makum Hefsid. So there are different types of Shasad Chak. But that's a general idea. Stam and Yesh Omrim, the Iker is like the Stam. Why do you tell me the Yesh Omrim? Because if the Yesh Omrim is Lakula, then you know you could rely on it Bishasad Chak. How about the other way around? where the Stam is Lakula, Stam, is, this is mutter to do, the Yesh Omrim, it's Aser. So if the Iker Halacha is like the Stam, why are you quoting a Yesh Omrim Lechumra? So there, the Shach explains, Pshat would be that you should know this is the Iker Halacha. 
However, you want to be machmir. A person wants to go lifnim mishuras hadin, so then there's room to be machmir. Tavu alav bracha might be a nice thing to do. You should know there's room to be machmir. So that explains why you bring in a yesh omrim, lechumra or lekula, but a stam and yesh omrim halacha is like the stam. Let's say that you have two opinions that are given equal credence. Yesh omrim oser, yesh omrim mutter. So how do we paskin? So take a look at Os base here of the Prima Gadam. Kishikosiv and Machaber Oharav, Yesh Misha Omer, O Yesh Omrim, Ve'ain maybe Shum Cholik Alav Halacha Kain. This is actually something else. This is if you're only quoting one opinion, but the way that the Machaber or the way the Ramah says it is, Yesh Omrim or Yesh Misha Omer, don't think that means that we don't really hold of it, because he's only quoting one opinion. So that seems to be the Halacha. Why are you phrasing it as a Yesh Omrim or Yesh Misha Omer? The answer is, is because I've only found this in one particular posig. This is the sheet of the Rashba. I didn't see anyone else who says this. We paskin this way, but that's why he might say Yesh Misha Omer, but that's the halacha. The real question is, if you have two Yesh Omrims, which one is the main halacha lemaisa? So it says in the middle of Os Beis, the Prima Gadam, but he doesn't tell you which one he paskins like. The Prima Gadam says it's very simple. If they're two opinions, they're both given equal credence, then it depends. Are we talking about a deraisa or derabanan? If it's a deraisa, you go lechumra. If it's a derabanan, you go lekula. Doesn't make a difference which one comes first. That's one sheet quoted by the Prima Gadam. However, jump to Dalit for a moment. In Dalit, in the middle here, he quotes B'Shem the Prisha, that when you have a Yesh Omrim and a Yesh Omrim, Daito Kedeya Achrona. You have two Shittas given equal billing. The assumption is we go like the second Yesh Omrim. That's the one quoted second. That's the Iker. So we have an interesting machlokas, how to paskin when you have two yesh omrims. What happens when you have a machlokas if it's a derisa or a derabana? Oh, that gets complicated. <laughs> that gets complicated. Svek sveka. How many klolim does Shach have in svek sveka? Rabbi Yisrael? How many klolim? <laughs> okay. 35 klolim in, in svek sveka. And therefore he concludes, don't try this at home. <laughs> you have to know what you're doing for a Svex Vega. Okay, so how do we paskin? We have a machlokas now, how to paskin. A machlokas in how to paskin when there's a machlokas how to paskin. So let's jump for a moment. I want to show you three examples in the Mishnah Vura. This is on page four, and we're going to come back to the Prima Gautam in a moment. The first two examples seem to be going like the first sheet of the Prima Gadim, that when you have two Yesh Omrims, it depends if it's a Derabun or Deraisa. Take a look at, this is in Tav Kuf Sambachas, Siv Katen Ches. We're not even getting into what the issue is. Yesh Omrim Shafilu Pamachas, Midekosiv Machaber Dinze Bishem Yesh Omrim, Veyesh Omrim Velohechriya Bedavar. Because the Shulchan Arach just says two Yesh Omrims, but doesn't tell you how he paskins, 
Mashma de daito lahakel, we can assume that he was being makel. Why? To whom milsa derabanan? It's a shaliva derabanan. Okay. Now we jump to tough ratio base. Sifkat and Ches, Yeshel Mim and Yeshel Mim Le'inin Halacha, Kol Shehu B'Shel Torah, Halech Acherei HaMachmir, because we have two Yeshel Mrims, if it's a Din De'Raisi, you go L'Chumra, V'Chol Shehu B'Shel Divrehim, Halech Acher HaMekel. So both example one and example two seems like the Mishnah Burr is poskening like Os base of the Prima Gaudim. However, let's take a look at example number three. Example number three is from a machlokus regarding a sukkah tachas ilan and tafresh chavav. There we also have two yesh omrims. Take a look at the bare loch on the bottom of the page. V'yesh omrim shafilu al piha klal hayadua. Based on the principle we all know and love, the b'shne yesh omrim pasuk hashulchan aruch kahasheni. Now, when you have two yesh omrims, the shulchan aruch pasuk is like the second one. Gam hacha pasuk lechumra kedas avia ezri bechein tasev gam came prima gadim umikol makom b'shasid chak shein lo sukkah acheres vegam yevsher lo lesake in sukkah zula achshira. However, the shasid chak where you don't have another sukkah, you can't be machshir this sukkah. Yesh lismuch al svara rishona. There's what to rely on in the first svara. So, in a nutshell. We had Prima Godam Os Beis saying, Yesh Omrim V'Yesh Omrim, De'Raisa L'Chumra, De'Rabanam L'Kula. We have Prima Godam Os Dalad B'Shem D'Prisha, Yesh Omrim V'Yesh Omrim, go like the second Yesh Omrim. How does the Mishnah Baruch Paskin? It's not so clear, <laughs> right? He seems to quote both ideas in different places. So this is actually based on Misora. Rabbi Scheinberg used to say, that generally speaking, when you have two Yesh Omrims in the Mishnah Bura, we assume, like the Prima Gadam Os Beis, the Raisa Lechumra, the Rabbanam Lekula. I actually have a Mesora from Rav David Leibowitz, who actually wrote part of the Sefer Chafetz Chaim, Sefer Mishnah Bura, together with the Chafetz Chaim, and he held the Iker was like the Prima Gadam Os Dalit. That whenever you have two Yesh Omrims, the assumption is the Chafetz Chaim, if he doesn't tell you otherwise, he goes like the second Yesh Omrim. Doesn't make a difference if it's the Raisa or the Rabbanan. He's talking about the, the Mishnah Brewer himself, which is really based on the general approach to Psak right? in the Mechaber and the Ramah. What's that? Where's he old with the other Chalak and There's two Yesh no, so that Masora would say that the Iker is like the Prima Gadam Ausdalid. Two Yesh Omrims, you go like the second Shita. What's that? No matter if it's the Mechaber, the Ramah, or the Mishra. Doesn't make a difference, yes. Doesn't make a difference. Now, again, whenever you have rules, you always have exceptions. Baruch Hashem, right? Otherwise, Judaism would be boring. But there's some of the Klalim here. Let's just jump back here to Gimel. <laughs> Of course you have to answer. Hatzlacha. <laughs> Let's jump back to the Prima Gautam though on page three to look at Os. Let's do Os Gimel. Yesh Mokom Iyun Kishikosev Harav V'yesh Omrim Shecholkan Al-Mechaber What we've been discussing until now is within one 
shita within the Shulchan Aruch or within the Ramah or within the Mishnah Bura, they say Stam and Yesh Omrim or two Yesh Omrims. Now we're going to delve into the question. You have the Mechaber saying something is Aser. And that's all the Mechaber says. And then the Ramah comes along and says, the Yesh Omrim, it's Mutter. So how do we understand that Yesh Omrim of the Ramah? Is he just trying to create a Stam and Yesh Omrim? In which case, the way we would look at this whole package is, the Iker is like the Stam, like the Shulchan Aruch, and the Ramah is letting us know there's a Yesh Omrim. For what purpose? If it's Lakula, you could rely on a Bishasad Chak. If it's Lechumra, then you could choose to be Machmir. Or is the Ramah saying, Yesh Omrim, that I feel this is the Iker Halacha. I'm not just creating a Stam and Yesh Omrim, but I'm saying this is what we, B'nai Ashkenaz, do. So part of the complexity of this is sometimes the Ramah will end off by saying the Chein Iker or a similar type of phrase. Meaning that I'm not only saying Yesh Omrim, but and this Yesh Omrim is the Iker. That could be mashma. the implication could be that other places where you say Yesh Omrim and you don't conclude by saying Vechein Iker, maybe you're just trying to create a Stam and Yesh Omrim. So that's a Tzorach of the Prima Gadam. <clears throat> now, there are many different Lashonas that the Ramah sometimes concludes with. He could say Vechein Iker, he could say Vahachin Nohug. Now, he actually, like we saw in the Hagdama to the Ramah, right, to the Mapa, he says that I conclude Vahachin Nohug. When does he conclude that? This is the very bottom here of page one. That if I see there's a Machlokis, and we do, meaning we, B'nai Ashkenaz, clearly do something different, Echtov, I will write Hachinahog. This is what the Minig is. So when you don't write that, how do we understand it? Okay, this is a Suffolk of the Prima Godam. Generally speaking, though, just because the Ramah says that many have the Minig to do something, we find it in many Achronim, he doesn't always mean to be saying this is the right thing to do. So why are you telling us this is what many people do if you feel it's not the ideal? So likely, part of the reason is, he's letting you know. This is a common minigan klal Yisrael. They have what to be so mechan, they have what to rely on. But I feel it's more l'charchila to do this instead. So just because he says there is a minig, it doesn't mean that he feels that's the ikr in halacha. And there are many examples of that. And even when he says, no again, this is what we do, so the Prima Gautam questions, you have to know, is that Dafka the Minigan Krakow? Or is he referring to, in general, the, the whole Medina of Ashkenazim? These are nuances in how to read and how to decipher the Ramah. But the one thing that he does say in Osvav is that if you ever read through a tshuva of Rebavadio, and he does this in many tshuvas, right, he quotes 70,000 different achronim who basically say, if you're B'nai Svard, you come from the Mesorah of, of the Beis Yosef, you must follow Maran Beit Yosef. You have to follow the Shulchan Aruch. For Ashkenazim, though, we have a different Hachroza. We have a different path. He writes here in Osvav, 
that the Ramah was Rabban Shel Kol B'nei HaGola. He was the Mora the Asra of the Diaspora. So meaning, in a sense, the Beis Yosef was viewed as the Mora the Asra of Eretz Yisrael, but the Ramah was the Mora the Asra of the Gola. V'kevar ki b'lanu aleinu lifso kevasei heiches shemachria neged dasa mechaber ve'ein laso svek sveka shema halacha kemechaber. And therefore, we go like the Ramah, as we say in uh, old French, in Gansen, which means we fully embrace the Ramah's psak, and we don't even say, well, listen, the Mechaber said it's Aser, and the Ramah said it's Mutter, making some kind of Svek Sveka. We don't view it as a Suffolk. When the Ramah paskins for Ashkenazim, that is the Hachra, Halacha Lemaisa. Now, would it be fair to say, Right, his main point here is that we follow the Ramah in contrast to the Mechaber the vast majority of times. Would it be fair to say that we always follow the Ramah regardless of other poskin? No, that's definitely not the case. We have many, many examples where when you have later Achronim arguing on the Ramah, and you have Shach and Taz and Marshal, or you have the Magan of Ram and the Taz and others arguing, oftentimes we paskin like the later Achronim. So to say we paskin like the Ramah over the Mechaber, that's true, but the Ramah is not the, the be-all and end-all. Right? There are many examples where the Ramah, let's say, Natilas Yadayim, the Ramah quotes the Minig, which he feels is more ideal, is to wash before Kiddush. That's the Hachorah of the Ramah. How many people here wash before Kiddush? Yeah, yeah, my father-in-law does. They were in town this past Shabbos, so all of the grandkids were trying to say, Sadie, wash before Kiddush, we want to wash before Kiddush. And, and they were asking, can we? Go for it, right? Merida, remember, a sense of rebellion, you know? If, they, <laughs> if, if you want to get it out somehow, you know? You could wash before Kiddush. Go for it, right? The truth is, even those who argue on the Ramah, their main issue is the person who's making Kiddush shouldn't wash beforehand. Everyone else could wash. That's why it happens to be it's a good Eitzah. What's that? It's much more practical, and that's why Yekis love it, right? You wash one time, and then you sit down, and then you stay seated, right? If you have, let's say, Bubby and Zadie coming over for, for Sukkot, and once you get situated in the sukkah, it's going to be a whole hassle to get everyone back in the kitchen. Then the eitzah would be, for those it's going to be difficult to get up, wash beforehand. You're hearing kiddush from the balabais and stay seated. But anyway, that's an example where, because the majority of achronim argue on the Ramah, we paskin like the achronim. Okay. Uh, a couple more ideas here. If you have two yesh omrim, Right, so we said that's a debate. <coughs> do you go like the second one, or do you just say Suffolk the Rais Lachumra the Rabban Makula? But that's not in a vacuum. You have to also look at the presentation of the particular posik. If it's the Machaber, if it's the Ramah, or oftentimes we see these Lashonas in the Mishnabura, if there's an indication that he's giving more Hashivas to one opinion even though he presents it as two yesh omrim, you have to listen to the music of the Mishnah Vura. So I'll give you an example. This I didn't put on the Marimakamos, but one example that comes to mind is a famous machlokus regarding Muktzah in the beginning of Shinchas. 
we have a debate. We know that if you, you're allowed to pick up a klish malach to le'iser, to use it l'tzorech gufo l'tzorech makomo. Okay, so I'm picking up scissors because I need to cut something. A regular knife just won't do, so I could use the scissors, no problem. Once you have those scissors in your hand and you use them, do you now have to just drop them on the floor immediately because you no longer have l'tzorech gufo? Or can you put them away where they belong? So you put them away. The machlokas is, though, if you pick up the scissors by accident, you didn't have a real heter that you're using them l'tzorech gufo, l'tzorech makomo, and you find them in your hands, hey, this is not the wine opener, this is the scissors. Hmm, at that moment of recognition, what do you do? Let gravity do its thing, right? Just let go. Or are you allowed to, once you have them in your hand, put them down nicely? So the Mishnah Baruch over here in Sifkat and Yud Gimel, the beginning of Shin Ches, he writes as follows. The cost of Amogon Avram. The Huadin im Shachach unetolan biyado. The same thing would be true if you forgot and by mistake you picked up the Klish and Malachtal in your hand. Rashayla Taltal Yosa, you're allowed to continue carrying them and place them down. Even though you had no real heter to pick it up in the first place. So that's quoting the Magan of Ram. And in the Bir Hagra, earlier on in Reish Samichvav, the Gra argues and says, no, the only time you're allowed to continue carrying the Klish Malach is if you picked it up with permission. So that sounds very much like a yesh omrim and a yesh omrim. It doesn't have to be when dafki you're saying the words yesh omrim, yesh omrim, if you're quoting two different opinions. Magan Avram says, mutter to keep on holding it, and the gra says, aser. So if we just had this, we would go with the classic klalim. Reb Scheinberg would say, based on os based of the prima godem, is it a shalav of the rice of the rabbanin? Muktz the rabbanin. So you go lakula. Rabbi David Leibowitz would say, potentially, two yesh omrims, go at the second shita, which is l'chumra. Okay? However, the Mishnah Bura continues. And he says, V'chein mashma b'ran b'reish be'ya, ayin shom. It's also mashma from the ran, like the second opinion of the gra, who was machmir. So when you add in v'chein mashma, in a Rishon, like one particular Achron, then that has the potential to take this discussion out of the classic Yesh Omrim and Yesh Omrim, and the Chafetz Chaim is being Megala to us, he's telling us that I found a real, a real support to the Shita of the Gra from the Ran. So the Chorah that means, right, hearing the music of the, of the Mishnah Bura, he likes the Gra better. Not personally, but at least in this regard, he would push more towards the Gra. Now, what could add a, a layer of complexity and nuance <laughs> regarding this particular halacha is, the Chazanish comes along and says, that's not what the Gra even meant. <laughs> right? It's in Baruch Hashem. Always layers and layers. But that's one idea. Also, if we have a Lushan of the Mishnah Bura, where it might be two different shitas, Yesh Omrim, Yesh Omrim, but the presentation of the second one is starting with Omnam, or Aval. Right? However, that's also telling us that seems to be the Iker Shita. 
Okay, these are some nuances. If there's a machlokus between the Mishnah and Brura and the, and the Bir Lacha, right, there seems to be a different conclusion. Do we go like the Mishnah and Brura, the Bir Lacha? So we have a Mesora from Yaakov Kamenetsky. We go like the Mishnah and Brura. The Bir Lacha is there to give us an expanded um, perspective on the sugya. But if it seems to be saying something different than the Hachorov, the Mishnah and Brura, you paskin like the Mishnah and Brura. If, if it's not quoted in the Mishnah Bura and the feeling you get from going through the Mishnah Bura itself is not like the Berlacha, you go like that. If he says, I'm Berlacha, he's telling you, make sure to see the other opinion or the expanded explanation of the Berlacha. But you have to see what he's coming out. If he's mashma one way in the Mishnah Bura, that's the Iker Halacha. One more issue here. If you have a debate, not within the reading of the Mishnah Bura itself, but let's say the Mishnah Bura comes out, something is mutter or asr, and then we find, or we're aware of the fact that the Or HaShulchan argues on the Mishnah Bura, or Ramosha argues on the Mishnah Bura. Do we have any guiding principles how to deal with that kind of machlokis? So not necessarily, it's a, it's a good idea, but the question is, how do you size up a machlokus between the Mishnah Bura and Ramosha? Right? This is not a, not a Pashat thing to do. Or the Mishnah Bura and the Orach HaShulchan. Some are of the opinion that the Orach HaShulchan, because he was a Rav and he had real, you know, first-hand experience in all the different minhagim in, uh, in Europe, when it comes to areas of a minig, then the Orach HaShulchan might carry more weight. Lemaisa, many have the Mesorah, though, if there's a real machlokus in Halacha, the Iker is like the Mishnah Bura. And I think that's Mashra from the Chazanish, the way he speaks about the Mishnah Bura, the Chafetz Chaim being the, the, the Posik Achron. Oh, so that, that's regarding the Mishnah Bura and the Orach HaShulchan. So the question is, when you have a debate between the Mishnah Bura and Ramosha, how does that play out? Now we're just saying Ramosha because he was the Morada Asra in America. Right? But you can have a similar question when you have other Gedalia Poskim, or Shlomo Zalman, or Yoshev. So we don't have ironclad Klolim for this, because a lot depends on, you know, look around the world, what is the accepted meaning, what is the, the prevalent approach. But the basic idea is if you have a halacha lemaisa machlokis, binogeya adiraisa. Right, so the classic example is making tea in a klishlishi on Shabbos. Right, when we get there in Shin Yudches, we'll see that many are medayik from the Mishnah Bura, that he didn't give the heter of klishlishi for something that might be kali habishol, and he feels that making tea even in a klishlishi is problematic. Right, we know that Ramosha argued, Ramosha held that klishlishi, everything is mutter, even kali habishol. So Ramosha would allow one to make a, a cup of tea in a klishlishi. So how do we paskin? So if you're mamisha Talmud of Ramosha, so obviously you go with that and you embrace Ramosha's Pesachim fully. Bein l'hakel, bein l'chumra. But Anan, right, what do we do? We're not mamish Talmudim of any one particular gadol. So the hachra would be, if it's a shalavadiraisa, which this is, and the Mishnah Bura is clearly mashma that he, he's very uncomfortable with that heter, 
So why don't you try to be machmir? Now, can you say the makam tzorech, you could rely on Ramosha, of course, right? That could be viewed as a, as a shasad chak, right? Okay, let's do one last point here and we'll call it a day. What do we do? So Ramosha and Rabbi Yaakov held that using a peeler in Shabbos is not a problem of borer. What does the Mishnah Baruch say about a peeler? We'll get there, Mitzvah We'll get there, Mitzvah That's Shin Yud test. We'll get there. What do we do, though, when the Mishnah Baruch says something clearly? Or this is true for any posseg. Something is, is written in, uh, in his Chuva Sefer, but then we have clear evidence, we have testimony that he said something different, Balpeh. And this comes up often. You know, this is actually, happens all the time with, with Ramosha, you know, what he said in the, in the Igris motion, what he said, Balpeh. But one classic example is in the Mishnah Brura, Kufai and Zion, he speaks about making a bracha on kampot, cooked fruit at the end of a meal. And there he paskins that one should say a bracha. Fresh fruit for sure, but even cooked fruit, you say a bracha at the end of the meal. However, there are many sources that Besof Yomov, later on in life, he retracted, and uh, he was of the opinion that it's part of the Suda, and you would not say a bracha on cooked fruit. Okay, so what do we do with that, <laughs> right? <laughs> do we follow the Mishnah Bura or do we follow the Chafetz Chaim? Interesting question. So we do have a precedent for this, without getting involved with this whole sugya of shiurim, but we know that there's a, a very famous tshuva of the, of the Noda Yehuda, who speaks about, he had a whole um, contradiction at how to measure kazayas and revias, two different shiurim are given, the egg size, the finger size, and he said that I, I, I measured using fingers, and it came out as twice the amount of the egg size measurement. So his conclusion was, he says, human hands didn't get bigger, it must be that eggs got smaller. That was the conclusion of the Noda Yehuda. In the Tshuva Me'avo, from one of the great disciples of the Noda Yehuda, this is on page five, he says that we know anyone who was Zohar to see my great Rebbe, the Noda Yehuda, he was mamish massive, right? He was tall, he was broad, and his hands, he could mamish hold a basketball like this with his fingers. Mamish almost double the size of your average person. He says, so I had an interaction with him where I said, maybe your shiurim came out bigger because you have giant hands. And what was his response? Right? He was nodding his head and he laughed. Now the way that the Tshuva Me'ava understands that is that he was maskim. Taka, you're saying good. And that would come out, this massive chumrah of the, of the, of the Noda B'Yehuda wouldn't be halacha l'maysa. Comes along the Chazanish and he says, and he speaks very harshly on this point, Don't give credence to this. 
Ve'ein roi lahavim lebeis ha-medrash. This should not even, this account should not even be brought into the base medrash. Ki anoda b'yehuda lo yada shetzarech likvoa benini. Did the Noda Behuda not realize that he had to measure with the, the average hand? V'im ha'oras, and if indeed the Tshuva Me'ava, his observation was correct. V'hanoda Behuda chazerbo, and in reality, his great Rebbe retracted from his psak. Holo hayakan inyin bal erech kabir shaharei kova besifru hara l'chol Yisrael. You have someone of the stature of the Noda Behuda who's being kovei halacha l'chol Yisrael. And now he's being masked, he's agreeing that maybe he made a mistake and he's retracting from his halacha. He would have, with that sense of responsibility, he would have made sure to publicize the fact that he's now being choser. Would it make sense for him to brush it off just laughing? Taka, good point. Yeah, you can forget that, Shuvah. Why was he laughing? He wasn't laughing with you. <laughs> that was the, the message of the Chazanish. Okay, just for humor, Reb Chaim No comes along and he's Tom on the Chazanish. How could you push aside the words of the Tshuva Me'ava like that? And close the doors of the base Medrash in front of the Tshuva Me'ava. The Chashiro Sosholo Haven COVID Indian, almost suspecting that the Chuva Me'ava didn't recognize or appreciate the COVID Indian. Chazoinish didn't know that? Oh, so now someone else came along. <laughs> anyway. So this is Lemaisa, the Chazoinish has this sheet in a few places that Lemaisa, we go with what's in the Sefer for two reasons. One is the very practical. If that Godel was Choser in his lifetime, so then he would have wrote it himself. The Chafetz Chaim made many edits to the Mishnah Bura. If he really changed his mind to the point where he felt this should be a new hurrah, he would have went back to Kufai and Zion, right? Just go back in the Word document, Kufai and Zion, and just change that little halacha. He would have done that. So the assumption is that if, if the Godel didn't go back, he didn't really retract it, number one. Number two is that there is a, a level of siyata deshmaya, we assume as well, in the, in the printed word, in, in those svarim that were accepted by Kalal Yisrael. This is a continual discussion, like they have this with Rav Soloveitchik all the time now, is that he, he said something, and then he, but he really didn't mean what he said, because he told someone else that... You know, this is, this Somebody told me they were zoha to learn with revival Cohen Shlita, and this person was a Talmud of Ramosha, so the first time they got together, Bechavrusa, the first thing that Rafael Cohen said is, you want to bring me anything in writing, we can discuss it, but Torah Shabbat has no place in this base Madush. <laughs> I want to see it inside. Okay, these are some, some of the Kalalim, the Maisa of the, of the Mishnah Bura, of the Postcommon General, and Mitzvah Shem will start this evening. Be'ezeres Hashem Yisborach. Have a wonderful day.